Yo, what up? It's your boy Biggie Bees, and you are now tuned into the Spectrum Podcast, a podcast that I host with my two very best friends, AJ and Chris. I hope you enjoy yourself, because I know we will. Welcome to another episode of the Spectrum Podcast. I'm your man, one of the many hosts of this Jost, Biggie Motherfucking Bees. This your boy AJ. Yo, what's up? I'm Chris. And we are here talking about, you know what? Let's start it out with paying tribute to um, a pillar in black history, uh, the passing of Bill Russell earlier this morning. We found out via the Twitterverse that Bill Russell has passed at the age of 88. Rest in peace. Long life. For real. You know, I saw a video of his quote, uh, his daughter quoting him saying, I mean, I believe in heaven, but. I can't imagine it being anything other than a downgrade after playing in the NBA. <laughs> like yeah, He's like, sure. I didn't live the best life in the world. He goes, she said, my dad used to feel guilty because he felt like his entire life was a good time. Even all that civil war shit. Now you got to think of what, like how strong a motherfucker's spirit is to be black in the fifties and sixties and be like, I had a good life. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm in 2022 and I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> she's pushing it. Word, word, man. But uh, yeah, R.I.P. Bill Russell, um, the first black woman in space via television. Can't remember her name, but she was uh the black uh, uh, chick from Star I don't Trek. Get it wrong, so I'm not even gonna try that. I'm gonna look it up right now. Hold up. Let yeah, me not disrespect. Computer set up for sure. Let me not disrespect. Yeah, RIP to her too. What's it say? Nikhil Nicole. That's not her name. It's Nikhil. I just seen this shit. Is it really Nikhil Nicole? Like for real? It's something like it's something similar to that. Just say the first lady, the, the black lady that was on Star Trek. Shit, come on. All right, yeah. All right. If I'm missing, that's that's what it looked like to me. Nikhil Nicole. Uh, RIP to her. Mm-hmm. Groundbreaking. People don't realize what sci-fi did for the black community in the world of television and filmmaking. A lot of those directors weren't getting budgeted and because it wasn't no hot shit and uh at the time. And uh so they made shows with what they could afford. And at the time that was the black actors and then gave us an opportunity to stand in the front and show that we were capable, not only capable but overqualified. Uh, much like Bill Russell, who was also passed. So this episode, we're talking about how to, like, what do you do with death? What do you do? What do we do? What does anyone do? do? Is There's no right way. There's a few nope. wrong ways, though. I can tell you from experience, there is some wrong ways. <laughs> I ain't that's judging nobody's right way, but let me tell you, if you did what I did, that's the wrong motherfucking way. <laughs> But that's, I mean, possibly it could be the right way for that person, depending on how far you go. Listen, don't do, ever do what I did. <laughs> no one. <laughs> no one on earth. No, don't, don't, there don't is do no, that, right. there's no, well, you got to look at it from their perspective. No, almost no, destroying your that. own life is never the option because you refuse to deal with your emotional traumas. Like, you get help. Go get therapy. Don't just, I mean, currently I am drinking a beer. And smoking a blizz, so I can't really 
talk about devil's lettuce. I can't talk about vices, but I can't talk about purposefully ignoring self-destructive behavior when you know damn well you what you're not making good choices. You know what I'm saying? For sure. So, uh, let me start off with um, something um, that means a lot to me. Uh, We had a pretty tight friend group in high school. Uh, We grew up in a time where, or in a place where, uh, we've talked about it on this podcast before. Um, There weren't a lot of black kids who went to Gresham or shit. At all. At all. And so it was actually pretty rare to come across homes that weren't your own where you felt completely welcome. Um, the first person I think of is someone we lost, uh, Marcella Lotz, back in 2009. She was um, a friend of ours, well, two friends of mine's uh, mom. We met in a very horrible way. Uh, I'll say Caitlin, shout out to Caitlin, uh, invited me over to her crib. I think AJ was, I'm pretty sure AJ was there. Uh, but he was upstairs and I was downstairs going to the bathroom and looking for something to drink. I didn't know. I didn't know <laughs> that Caitlin didn't tell nobody that she had a bunch of black dudes over at her house. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Marcella come home, she opened the door, a big ass nigga standing in her hallway <laughs> looking at her, looking at her in the face, like a deer in headlights. Cause I'm like, Hey, like, hello. like, Hello. And she's just standing at the door. And without saying a word, she goes, Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin comes. Caitlin already knew what was up. She goes running down the steps and she's like, he's my friend from school. And she goes, oh, okay. Hi. It just goes right into mom mode. But um, everything right there. Right like, oh, there. Okay. He's my friend from school. Cool. Oh, okay. Hi. And she was like, yeah, it was a hilarious, honest moment where it was just like, well, what are you going to do with this information? <laughs> do you want me to leave? You know you want to scream, but you also know I could be a child, so you want to, like, not make the wrong thing. That first big ass was, kid. Ah, yeah, this is a big ass boy. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I just, you know, her husband was like, you know, one of those we had a few we had a few back in the day examples of what a family man is like what a what a real family man like you know just a family the shit in that general. they the shit that they depict in tv shows like the home improvements and the shows like that it's a tv show you know what i mean there ain't no Corey and topanga in real life so you wasn't thinking there was no tim allen in real life you know what i'm saying not like not like that not Tim the Tool Man Taylor. And I feel like we got a couple of examples of the real thing when we were that age. And uh, Larry uh, was one of those guys. That's kind of what, and in, in seeing him post about her today um, on the anniversary of her passing was one of the reasons why we shifted gears on this episode. We wanted to, um, I'll ask the guys if it was okay if I switched the episode up. You know, AJ's been talking about this a lot lately. Um, so I figured it was a perfect time to get into it. 
And I just wanted to start off by saying to the Lots family, uh, you know how I feel about you. You know how I feel about all of you. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Good times, good memories, and nothing but love. Love. No, like I was saying, she that was a household that we always could go to and it didn't matter time or if anybody had anything going on. We knew we had like another set of parents to talk to that weren't our own who weren't going to mm-hmm. weren't going to give us like some bullshit answer. They were going to give us like real world advice. And they looked out for us and I know I still to this day appreciate that shit for sure. Faux show. They really did talk to us like adults. Like, not adults, because, you know, you could tell as now that we truly are adults, they still had the kid gloves on. But you could tell that they wanted to um, respect us. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. Not just treat us as children, but respect us as, you know, individuals, you know? Exactly. They made sure that we understood, like, the real world. You know, I always think like when uh, when Miss Lost passed, that shit was like the first time I ever seen like a neighborhood celebrity, because like they legit had to have people stand outside. Yeah. <laughs> they, the fire department was like, they can't have no more people <laughs> in here. No more people. You got people all all the seats, shoulder to shoulder in the hallways. We don't got no speaker system. Well, there's no TV system. You know how like nice churches will have a TV yeah. system and a speaker system in the hallway we'll sit in a just in case they're super packed. Yeah. Nah, none of that. So they can't hear me. They can't hear nothing. They just standing there. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna have two. We're gonna do two we're gonna do two sessions. Everybody in the front. Are you in the A? In the back. Everybody in the back go to the front. Okay, we're gonna, gonna rotate. Go you know, we're gonna say the same exact thing. We're just gonna we're gonna perform it twice. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, that that was, oh, that man. was wild. It was crazy, dude. But that's kind of how I felt. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. ahead. I would say that's how I felt like with my grandma's funeral. Like, luckily enough, like we were able to stream it and stuff. But her being at that church for so long Mm, and seeing all of these people. Because I knew generations of families that know your grandma. That's what will blow your mind. And like, I mean, obviously, I knew my grandma knew, you know, a lot of people and shit, but. To Word. see the people within the church, like you said, generations of like mothers, daughters, husbands, everything, just be like, no, Miss Hammond, this. And they all said the same thing. Like, because my grandma always said, this too shall pass. And they said it every time they would end their thing. And be like, and like she said, this too shall pass. And it's just like, oh. Grandma had a whole catchphrase. For real. Grandma had a whole catchphrase in real life. <laughs> How many of y'all niggas got a real life catchphrase? <laughs> she did for sure. Yeah. Oh man, this is gonna be a rough one. Yeah, yeah already too. Yeah. No, but I, I mean, it's kind of like, but I get what you're talking about. Like when you guys, like when you go to like the service and you see, like the amount of respect for an individual. Because that's kind of that's how it was when my grandma died. So like my grandparents owned the tone company for like like decades here in Portland. So like my grandfather was like really known in that community like the the tow truck community and uh and so like when she died like when we left like when we we're leaving like to follow the the hearse or whatever to the the what is it cemetery 
when you came. So you, I don't know. You guys know like how on like Gateway area where Halsey's split into two, right? It's one ways. So like when we came out, you come around and like there was like every tow company in the city was there, and they like they had like the lights on their trucks and shit going. So it was like, like damn, yeah, that's some that's, <laughs> yeah. You know what's weird about that? That's some New Orleans second line shit, real shit. Like, bro, when I didn't even know that shit was happening. Like, we when came you out champion someone who has passed. Right, you know what I'm saying? It's less. It's not. It's less morbid. More like hooray like this person was here we knew right. this person but like that's yeah, the thing that's that like shit. that shit it was crazy because like if you think about it, it's kind of like you know there's some corny factor to it but like but like when you come out you're not expecting it and you see like tow trucks lining halsey with oh, like their lights God. going bro that shit gave me that the chills that day ball out bro. <laughs> yeah. like bro that's a Man, what to talk about, like, diving right into what I felt like the soul of this episode was supposed to be about. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's a hard, dark subject, and I know it's like, I was just saying, I, I just, I was just saying our production meeting, not like, not in this last week, but the week before that, man, we got to stop doing all this morbid shit <laughs> before we just become the morbid podcast. But, I mean... <laughs> But, uh, I mean, we literally, like, today, come on, man. Like, it was like we ain't had no choice. But, I mean, it's all, you know like, what I'm saying? people we know right now, though, are, you know, going through some shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, this could be helpful for them. We never know. Like, just hearing or, people sharing, like, the same thoughts or same kind of expressing the same type of emotions that they're going through. Because, you know, you know, Edwin and then you had... Prior, like yeah. shortly before that it was Pablo so it's like yeah it's still crazy when you I'm not even gonna lie it's still crazy when you say those names it's still crazy Facts, bro. like it's still weird <laughs> as fuck that Facts. you just said Edwin and Pablo like that's weird bro I expect when I go back to Gresham I'm gonna run into one of these niggas at Arby's one of them is gonna be <laughs> in the line <laughs> <laughs> At the hangout, you know what I'm saying? Oh shit! <laughs> Lights and Gresham. Hmm. I just thought of like that was another death. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's a that was a darker one though. That was yeah. That one was crazy. I don't even know if I'm, I don't, yeah I'm not gonna say the name of that one. I don't even want to dredge up no shit or bring up no shit like. There was people looking for people and yeah, it was all bad. But uh but we're what I wanted to talk about was how we dealt with it. Cause we all been there. You know what I'm saying? Uh AJ more recently. He dealing with it right now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just and it's and it's only gonna keep going because we're getting older. I saw that dude, I was watching the world games and it was the track and field, and the dude broke the record for the two hundred meter. You remember that dude who wore the the shoes with the wings on them who won it when we was kids? Bro, they showed him in in the stands. Bro, we are old old. Like, <laughs> like that that dude looks old. Like like great. But I'll be forget he don't look bad. I'm just saying it was shocking because we forget that like We've been at this a minute, bro. We in our mid-30s, bro. 
Yeah, I'll talk about um, uh, the pitfalls of not dealing with your emotional issues when you deal with grief. I'll talk about my personal experience. I dove into vices. I, man, let me tell you, it's hard to talk about it, honestly, because it's still a little bit embarrassing. But I just feel like it's it's important to be honest about this kind of stuff, especially now that I'm good and I'm chilling and I'm living my best life. I'm sure if I was still struggling, I'd be like, nah, bro, I ain't talking about that shit. But, you know, I got an after picture, so it's all Gucci. Uh, I, I lost my fucking mind when my mom died. My whole world was, was over with. Like, it was every foundational anchor in who I am as a person was connected to that woman. Whether I was ready to recognize that or not, because at the time... If everybody remembers me talking shit on this podcast, I wasn't talking to my mom or my dad very much when she got, when she passed and it, yeah, it's still, it's still a hard thing to talk about because it was something that was justified. Like I have to accept this took a while to admit, but I had every right to be mad at every single person I was mad at. And then not carry that guilt no more. You know what I'm saying? Because I carried a lot of guilt because she died and I wasn't talking to her when she died. And we had little phone conversations, but Southern style where you talk to him because you're supposed to. You do your pleasantries, but you know it ain't what it was type shit. Ironically, it's you do that because you don't know what's going to happen. So even if you're mad at a person, you tell a person you love them. You tell a person, you know what I'm saying? I I hope everything is okay with you. I care about you. Da 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 da. Even if you're raging mad, it's a it was a whole thing in the South. You just you don't play with when I take my eyes off you. I expect you to be there. You know what I'm saying? You don't play that shit. So I lost my shit. A lot of guilt that I was unwilling to deal with. A lot of anger that I felt like I had to bottle up because people died and I had to pretend like I was acting cool with my dad and my brother. And acting like everything was cool and I still hated him and it was, and I wasn't dealing with it. So I think that's what made me feel like, I think I was overwhelmed and that's what made me feel like I just want to numb it. And boy, did I numb it. Whew. (laughs) Whole lot of cocaine, boy. (laughs) Just. The whole face. When he said mask on, mask off. So say when he said numbing it, he meant literally numbing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. I started doing it, selling it, started hanging out with strippers and thugs and and I loved it. I'm not even gonna say and this is what I tell people. This is what I tell people all the time. It was successful. I wasn't like I was genuinely numbing myself successfully. I wasn't missing work. I was still going to work every day, still paying my bills, still doing all the shit. This is what they were. This is what they talk about when they say, yo, this mental health shit is real because people can look normal. They can look fine and they're not. You know what I'm saying? They're not okay. They smiling and joking and high fiving, going to the parties, having a good old time and they're losing their minds. That was me. The two, and that's why I was never ever alone, and I rarely slept for them whole three years. I was losing my shit. I rarely slept because it was like 
You know what I'm saying? I used to have this reoccurring dream with my mom and I was afraid of having it after she died. I thought it would just drive me insane if I had it after she was gone. So I think there was like an underlying fear to even sleep for them a couple of years. And it just got so crazy and so bad because I just refused to acknowledge that there was something wrong with me. And it was sad, but it's true. I couldn't stop until I saw that other people's lives were going down. And it just woke me up. I remember this one time me and Chris were at the bar back in the day. We went to this place called Puffs that we used to go to all the time. And one of the football players who I looked up to because not only was he popular, but he was actually nice. Like he was a nice guy, even though he, the everybody, you know what I'm saying? Worshiped the ground he walked on. He was still, he didn't let it turn him callous. You know what I'm saying? He didn't think he was, he was never acting above it. And he was really cool. He was nice to me, you know? And when the rest of the team treated me like shit, he was always just really respectful to me. Never gave me shit. I mean, he, he also didn't, you know, I'm not petty, but he also didn't stand up for me neither. He was, he let them fuck with me. <laughs> I don't want to get a nigga too much credit. <laughs> but he's probably like, nigga, nigga, if I don't put him again the way it is, it's going to be both of us. Nah. nah. <laughs> but uh, me and Chris saw him at the bar and he was strung the fuck out, talking to himself in the parking lot. And it just shattered my delusions like so aggressive i couldn't let it go i couldn't even get that image out of my mind for days and days i couldn't stop talking about it i had to tell everyone who possibly could have known him what i saw like i was just if that could happen to him no if that could happen to that dude you know what i'm saying who the fuck am i to not be able to see what's going on in my shit you know what i'm saying like Bro, I was, I was, it was a, it was a wake up call. It's, it was the plan. Now I kept fucking up after that, but it was like, it was like in the movie where you, you see Ray Charles finally realize like, you know, there was a problem. Right. And then this girl he used to sing with, uh, played by, uh, Regina King died. The singer, I forget who she was playing in that movie, but she died of an overdose and he felt responsible. And he was torn the hell up. This was my that moment because it planted the seeds of me realizing like, you know, I you got to deal with like you have to deal with it. You can't lock them emotions away. You cannot throw them down a pit and think that they're just gonna stay there forever. You have you bro in a bit and aggressively too. Like it'll hit you blindsided in the mud. You just be chilling. You'll just be chilling at a red light and then someone, I remember I told AJ once, I thought I saw her, my mom. There was a black lady when I was on 82nd. I think I was still delivering for Domino's, but I was, or not on 82nd, uh, 200 and something. And I was delivering and uh, I thought I saw my mom and it just, just, it's one of those things where you try to lie to yourself and you just catch yourself telling yourself the truth. Or you catch yourself lying to yourself, but you can't even buy the lie that you're trying to push. So you realize like, ugh, ugh, I can't believe I just tried to get myself to believe that bullshit. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that was one of those moments where it, it, like I realized, damn, I want to see her so bad that I was willing to just ignore the reality that I live in where I know she has died just to be like, that's her. 
she's here. I knew she wasn't there like like people do with Tupac and Elvis. I knew she wasn't dead. The reason I bring that up is because I wanted to talk about the pitfalls of not dealing with your shit. You're 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 gonna try to deal with it. There's no I'm just gonna ignore it. No, no, no. See, that's the thing. You're convincing yourself you're ignoring it, but because you're not paying attention to the actions you're taking to ignore it. You see what I'm saying? Like, I thought I was not, I was just like, I'll deal with it another time. I'm just a little too busy right now. Right? I'm good. Whole time, I'm checking. I got something on my nose. You see it? Nah, all right. Let me go up in your mama's birthday party fucking belligerently fucked up. Like, like, like it's normal, though. It's not a big deal. Yeah, we gonna sit out in the car and, and do this shit. And then go face your mama. And your 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 grandfather, you know, like it's nothing. Bryant, the nigga who used to hide smoking cigarettes, <laughs> the churchy goody two shoes dude, is doing this and don't think nothing's wrong. <laughs> like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you. So the, my point is, is like you think like I I need people to deal with their emotions because. Whether you realize it or not, you're going to try to. And you you might as well have a conscious thought towards healing. Then you convincing yourself nothing's wrong. And you destroying yourself rather than dealing with your emotions. That's goofy. And I see it all the time. I see it all the time, man. I used to sit in strip clubs to make my money all the time. Not stripping. Just make that clear. I wasn't stripping, Thank but I was making the money up in there. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I remember just seeing a sea of people not dealing with their shit. Like everybody, the bartender not dealing with their shit, the owner of the club not dealing with their shit, the bouncer not dealing with their shit, his stripper girlfriend ain't dealing with their shit. Everybody not dealing with their shit. Everybody got shit. <laughs> And they're not dealing with it. And it's and and that and the reason and we're not dealing with it is why we're all here. That's yeah, and that's the thing is we're taught to not deal with it. So much is just no, just just keep pushing. You're fine. It's it that things happen, right? You'll be okay. Like, just keep Lamar going. Just, just keep swimming. Like, no. Like yeah. fucking stop. Look around and go, oh, hold on, I gotta deal with this. Yes. Because if not, I'm going to end up taking a wrong turn and yeah. it's not going to be pretty. Oof. Like, you got to yeah. deal, man. Even if it sucks, deal, bro. Like, just deal. It'll suck, of course. Like, oh, it's going to suck. Like, like that's. <laughs> it's go- yeah, right. That's a it's given. That's suck. a given. Because it's life. You know what I'm saying? It's the life's inevitable shit. This is what I want people to stop creating problems in their lives because life is life. The inevitable shitty shit is coming, period. It don't need you to add to it by pretending nothing's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're not benefiting anybody. You're not benefiting yourself. You're not benefiting nah. the people around you. Right. None of that shit. Like, mm-hmm. you... I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild to think about, like... Because my mom passed away when I was 14. And I remember that day, bro. I was like, you know what? I was in the same boat as Bryant where it was like, ah, that's it. Everything's over. <laughs> right. At this this is this is where I go to, right? Like I got Super Mama's voice I gotta go to the 
For sure. It's and the, my whole world is wrapped around this woman. Like, she is the sun. She is the ocean. She is the like, daylight, nighttime, like, like everything. Like, <laughs> and I remember, bro, like, I vividly remember, like, I told my mom because she was sick at home. We knew she was going to pass soon. And it was like, all right, I'm going to go play basketball. Mom's like, okay. I love you. I love you, too. As I reached for the back door, I could hear my mom's friend say her name three times. And on that third one, I knew. I was like, oh, she's gone. And at that moment, bro, I was like, I just opened the back door, walked in the backyard, and was like, what's the fastest way to kill myself? At 14, I was like, this is it. This is what, like, this is what I got to do. You know, that's, that's why that I always tell people that faith is a dangerous game because I'm telling you. <laughs> Like, I'm telling you, this is how dark a morbid kid I was. Listen, I, there was, there was, um, parents trying to hide shit from children who observe everything is a real sad thing that still exists today. We try our best to hide the darkness of reality from our children and it's impossible. You might as well just have open conversations about what's going on in the world. You know what I'm saying? And, I figured that out. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sure. I I I'm one of the many reasons I'm afraid to bring life into this world is because you have to explain life to them. <laughs> While you're still trying to figure the shit out, that's the hardest part. Facts. While you're still trying to figure this shit out, your job is to try to explain it to them to not fuck up the way you fucked up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, any responsible parent, that's what they doing is like, okay, don't fuck up the way I fucked up. Okay. I don't want to be where I'm at. I'd much rather be. And I can remember places in my life where if I would have went left instead of right. <laughs> so let me try to tell you where that left is at. <laughs> it's eight blocks this way. Like, it, it Look take, for that McDonald's and bang that left. Bang that left. <laughs> like, Hey, that left is homework for all those wondering what the metaphor is about. Do schoolwork. Boom. It's that simple. (laughs) Easy. Y'all act like it's so complicated to get into college. Let me tell you something. It is not. (laughs) Mr. Daly, shout out, second episode of Road Bitches is Aim, told us, showed us, it is freaking easy. (laughs) It is is easy to go to college. People try to make it sound like it's some impossible task. Listen, let me tell you something. It is not. They got cheat codes out here that people have been taking advantage of for a long time. We were shown these cheat codes when we was in high school. Like, listen, don't have, I was talking about doing the episode and I was talking about no regrets. And this is what I'm talking about when I talk about the, the evolution I'm taking and accepting the loss of people. You only get one go at this thing. That's it. No redos, no rewinds. You only get to do this shit once. That's why I'm so glad we doing this motherfucking podcast, bro. Because this the thing that's going to make me be like, okay, at least I did something. Something. Something, bro. Besides work for these motherfuckers to pay the bills for this motherfucker. I needed to do at least one little thing more than that. I know that's what I'm supposed to do as a responsible citizen and da 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 work, pay taxes, pay your bills, blah, Fuck blah, blah. That. I, but if that was all, I might have looked back at my life with regret. I, I, I look at, we talk about 
Mrs. Lots, all them people who was at the funeral, she touched lives, bro. My mama always having her door open for children and other people. She touched lives, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like lot, like layers of lives. I want to touch layers of layers of lives. And I think that this is the vehicle in which I can do it. You know what I'm saying? I think about Bill Russell. That motherfucker lived a full life. 88. He did a lot in them 88 years, bro. Facts. Like, <laughs> like even outside of basketball. That's, bro, that's what got me was obviously everybody knows the basketball accolades, but then you start reading up on him and you're like, this nigga Mark would march with Dr. King? Like, <laughs> and they went back to the NBA and was just like, mm, hook shot, what's up? Yeah, no, nah, yeah, give me I'll that ring. Coach the team to a championship <laughs> while being the Yeah, player. sure. <laughs> sure, I'll be the first African-American coach. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Bro, eight straight rings? Eight straight fucking rings? Like, mm. Insane. That shit's wild. And All right, I got a question. Go oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, no, my question was, speaking of death and stuff, was, do you remember, like, the first death that affected you as far as, like, you remember, like, every detail about it? Like, I don't know, like, obviously, like, losing your mom, that might be the one. You know what no, I mean? No, it or, was. like, with Chris and his grandparents? No, nah, it, was, it was Marcella. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first one that hit me in my chest and 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 affected me and if i you know it's those kind of deaths where it'll catch you off guard you just minding your own business living your life and then you'll think of something Mm -hmm. like i saw a bunch of kids piled up in a car and there was too many kids to be in that car and it reminded me of them times that we would pile up in dan's fucking kia or or your Durango, Rick and Shereen's Durango, we, before you had the Forerunner, and we would that. pile up in that car, and one of the crimes as a child. It's like twelve. I don't know what kids, the statue of limitation. Twelve is kids on in my a five seater. So. <laughs> twelve kids in a five seater. Uh, three kids in the passenger front seat. <laughs> Stacking them like dominoes. <laughs> like it was nuts. Get your ass in the back. Just lay we on top of each other. It's not that far. Um, <laughs> and I remember one of the few places that we could go, like, it was more like we were already headed that way, but we would, like, ask Caitlin for more of, like, just to be polite. Like, like hey, is it cool if yeah. we come over, even though we're passing the fucking plaid pantry and the only house of anyone we know? We're already here. This place is yours. <laughs> we're outside. Can we? Can we come over? You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, that's like. So when, so when I knew that was over, that it could never be that again. That we would never be cuddled up, all of us on the couches and the love seats and the chairs with blankets, watching a movie as Larry and Marcella were going out for a gig, and she was had our leathers on. You you remember AJ? Like it was like I like yeah. I know you like me. I remember like it was yesterday. The Stephen King books on the bookshelf. That 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 fluffy ass dog that still scared the shit out of me because it had shark <laughs> eyes. <laughs> like that fuck. 
fucking yep. like I I can smell the room. I was just gonna say that the smell, the 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 door, like everything, the I layout can of the house, smell the yeah. room, and so that was I gotta be honest, that was the first death ever that I I remember we were having a party. Remember AJ? We were having a house party, yep. and yep. it was one of our mini at that time. Holy shit. Uh, we literally just we literally just bullshitted and party like the biggie song bullshit at party and bullshit at party this is literally all we did so we were having a house party and at this point they had been stopped having guests come over to the house remember couldn't come over no more and shit and so we kind of knew remember this was an ongoing battle like years and years and years of fighting yeah. i remember the shirt cancer picked the wrong bitch like i will never forget that t-shirt thought it was the funniest dopest shit ever <laughs> and and uh we were just partying like no clue just kids and then uh my girlfriend at the time answered the door or knocked on the door which i already knew was like what the fuck like she just knocked i was like what the fuck and i'm like and everyone looked weird because it was a party so who knocks like i'm not gonna hear you over the music <laughs> but i just happened to hear so i went to go look at the people thinking it's the police shut the music off Shh. shut the fuck up the apartment's already sick of us it's the landlord it's one of, it's either the landlord or one of these little kids that we gave fake names to so they would leave <laughs> us the fuck alone <laughs> Shout out to George Costanza. Shout, Shout out, out to, to George. Kinte. Shout out to George Costanza. <laughs> Shout out to Larry. <laughs> you told her your name was good to kids. <laughs> that apartment was so much fun. That, but that's the story. That that whole saga is for another time. The apartments. Well, Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we were just having a party. And uh, um, my girlfriend at the time knocked on the door, went to answer it, and she just didn't say a word. She was just sobbing uncontrollably standing there. And I kid you not, I didn't even have to say nothing. Everyone in the apartment heard crying at the door. I, I knew immediately why she was crying. And so I immediately in the doorway fell to my knees and started sobbing uncontrollably. It was the first time I ever felt lost like that. You know, my grandma died when I was a little kid. And I watched my dad deal with it in a weird way, but I didn't know what kind of trauma and dysfunction came from that household. So it, I, so the pain was something totally unexpected. And then Big to see bunch. everyone at the whole party, except for maybe two people, were just devastated. Party over. Now it's just people drinking and crying. I remember we calmed down. It was like an hour later <laughs> after finding out. Everybody calmed down. And I remember my boy Jason was home from the Marines. He was sobbing. He knew he dated Caitlin when we were in high school. Like, so he knew the family. And like I said, this was a famous woman. <laughs> like, legit, everyone knew who this woman was. So he was sobbing. Everybody was fucked up. And then everyone calmed down. And we tried to do a shot for her. And it was the saddest, saddest shit you've ever seen. Because everyone had calmed down. We're all talking again. We're all, you know, fine. Like, everybody's good. We're good. We're smoking cigarettes. We're chilling. Nothing crazy. 
Second, someone tried to do us. It was me. Second, I tried to say something other than for Marcella. Second, I tried to talk. Second, I tried to say something. It just blibbering fool fell apart, and everyone started falling apart. <laughs> it was. The, it's funny now because it was just so sad because we were just kids. There was no maturity in the room to be like, listen, let's just like call this party off. Everyone go home. Like, like everybody go Fuck home. That, I want a party. No, we kept trying to drink. And then so now we're sad drinking and people are getting more Stupid. drunk. I remember my cousin got in a fight with his girlfriend screaming and yelling because she was because she wasn't emotionally distraught over it. And then she horribly said some fucked up shit. I think it might have been the schizophrenia at the time. Early set, you know, early signs. But uh, it I'm telling you, it blew the fuck up. Shit got wild as hell. People screaming, but we were kids and we were drunk and we didn't know which way was up and we were trying to deal with a very serious situation. But I think, yeah, that was the first time I ever had. And then the most recent one was Kobe. Kobe fucked me up more than I was expecting because I didn't even fuck with Kobe like that. So it was shocking. Like I sobbed, like 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 legit sobbed tears. I was dating Rachel at the time. She didn't know what to do. She was like, "Yo, who is he?" Like, and you're like, "Do you know him?" Yeah, and you and your roommate are like sobbing in the hallway, like holding each other. Like you're two grown men. Like, what's happening? Shut up, bitch. Why are people calling your phone crying? Like she had no idea. Like I had so many people call me, like, "Yes, fucking Kobe, man." Like. <laughs> She was, she's confused. She's like, yo, what the fuck is happening? Who died? Bro, that's she crazy. thought someone I knew died. That's the crazy <laughs> thing about that one, too. So I grew up hating that guy. See? Like, hating him. For sure. Death is forever. You know what I'm saying? That's what that's that, the, that, yeah. But I remember, yeah. the, I remember the news cutting to it and me being like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And then the newest anchor being like, oh, they're like, oh, there's a helicopter crash in the hills of Calabasas or whatever it was. And I was like, and I was like, all right, why is this on ABC? Newport. Like, I'm watching TV. Why is this on ABC? And then all of a sudden he yeah. goes, he goes, uh, it's suspected that Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi were on there. And I was like, shut the fuck up. And then, mm-hmm. bro, when they confirmed it, and I remember in the group chat, I think I had put it in there like, yo, y'all here? And then you, AJ, you responded. And I remember Brian being like, the fuck you guys talking about, bro? And like, yeah. we're like, bro, Kobe. And he's like, what about Kobe? And I was like, he died. And then you're like, and then I remember getting, hearing the voice message. Bro, you guys fucking with me right now? Like, I know, like, there's, y'all be like, <laughs> like, you're like, y'all bro, be this ain't, this shit ain't I funny, shit like, that. like, I remember him just being like, this ain't nah, funny, bro. This ain't funny at all. Like, what the fuck? And you're like, hold on. And then all of a sudden, another voice. No, message. I didn't think y'all were playing, but I thought y'all was taking like some Twitter bullshit too serious. So I was like, bro, this better be like some reputable shit that you're seeing and not no fucking some Twitter dumbass BuzzFeed crap. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, but then so you're then like- I, I said that and then I just I threw my phone. I was like, no. I pulled my Xbox out. <laughs> I was getting on the throw. Yeah. And then the second I pulled it up, it was literally like every fucking Everywhere. YouTube. Like there was not a slot on any bar. Top subjects, top news, 
global news, entertainment, like like comedy, like it was you know, and comedy was the com- comedic reaction to like the comedians reacting to you know if this is real TMZ, like it was literally you could not turn on anything without, and I still was refusing to fucking believe it. And then my roommate, I go, I go, what the fuck? I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And Rachel's like, what is going on? What is going on? Cause she's panicking because she realizes there is no joke. I am panicking. Like, I am truly having a panic attack. I'm like, what the fuck? And so I look it up and I go, is this real? Because it's TMZ. So I yell at my phone because it's just TMZ. And I'm like, I don't trust TMZ. But I'm like, is this real? And then my roommate yells through my wall, I don't know, G. And he comes flying out of the room with his phone. And he's just standing there in the hallway, like, with his phone, looking at his phone, like, I don't know if this is real. And so we, bro, I kid you not, it was a good hour. We were trying to find something that said it was bullshit. As crazy as that that sounds. When Chris said that shit, I was like, all right, I got on Twitter. I'm looking through everything. And I saw the plane crash and I was like, okay, because they had live footage of the shit. And I was like, all right, the plane crash. I mean, the helicopter crash. Okay, let's see. Wait, Kobe was on it? Going through Twitter, going through, okay, TMZ said it. They've been wrong before. A lot of times. Okay, well, ABC just said it. Fuck. That's All when right, it was ESPN. like, what the fuck? ESPN. When it was ABC News, I was like, yo. And then from the other room, Chelsea was like, and that'll yo, tell did you, you and know that, Kobe died? I swear to God, that'll tell you how legit it was because I swear it went in that order for me too. And I swear that's probably how the story broke. Like, that's how it got no, legitimized exactly it because it was literally TMZ. ABC News, then ESPN. That is the same order I watched it in. And like Chris said, it cut into the whatever you were watching. It, it was like, nope, oh, we yeah. got breaking news. Oh, yeah. It was over. And <laughs> it reminded me at that point of uh, when Princess Diana died. Because I remember that shit vividly, bro. You remember vividly. that? Vividly. I'll tell you why. I was watching Hanging with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> and in the middle, in the middle of Hanging with Mr. Cooper, bro. <laughs> You know, did the ABC News breaking right. news? Princess Diana has been involved in a car crash. I'm like, who? Which was why are you a in a car crash? She was assassinated, but I'm not even going to get started. That's on that. that's we we can do a whole episode shit. about come that. Come on, bro. Okay, come on. No, no, no. hold on. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So she was involved in this car crash, and I'm like, well, first off, that's not even in the states. So why do I care? Because I was a little ass kid. I was like, just take me back to Mr. Cooper, and then. I, like obviously over the next couple of days you start seeing like the outpouring of support and everybody freaking out and all this shit and it's like oh like that like that was a like somebody actually like legit and it was and you got to think back then it was so much slower to verify if that shit was like 100 percent oh legit, for sure because it was both pre-internet so you had to like you had to just trust abc and they was barely getting that information legit <laughs> you know what I'm well that's the thing too is it was Fucking also they reported obviously <laughs> they reported originally you know that they were taken to the hospital and whatnot and all that shit. So you're like, oh, okay. Like she, it was just a bad car crash. Oh, that sucks. Like she'll be okay. Get back to my show. Yeah. But then the same thing with Kobe, or even like when Chris texts about Nipsey Hussle, and I was like on Twitter in Nike, like, no, no. And then I seen the footage of him getting shot, and I was like, I just sat down yeah, in the middle it, of Nike. Yeah, that's one of the ones I wish I would have had my whole. I don't need to see the video um, stance. I wish I, had I wish that I could do that then. on everything. I wish I had that back then because I really, I wish I had never 
Because you can't get it out of your mind. Once you've no. seen it, it's there. And when that nigga kicks him in the head after he shoots him, the rage that I feel bubbling up in my guts, like... I, fuck him see, all I never saw the video. See, with me, bro... You never saw the video? Nah. See, with Nipsey, that sh- the shit that got me with Nipsey was I was literally texting with somebody about hip-hop music. And I was talking about how... I, there was a song with Blueface that I like sent the person to. And he was like, he was like, I can't stand him. He can't stay on beat. I'm like, bro, but you like Nipsey though, right? And we were, and then we were like talking about Nipsey. And then literally three minutes after a message sent to him about Nipsey, he sends me a link to t- to Twitter, and it's him being shot. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, bro, I hate that, that shit. shit tripped me the fuck out, bro. Like shit. literally within three minutes of talking to him about Nipsey Hustle. That's that shit like bro. when you when when your girl take a pregnancy test just because her girl thought she was pregnant and your girl was just doing it to support her and then her shit come back positive. That's that kind of shit where it's like God. That better not fucking happen. <laughs> that better not fucking happen. No sorry, Bob. What you need that for? Shit. You don't need that. <laughs> you knocked that out. Knock the uh, what? Knock that bitch out your hand. But yeah, no, that's um, but that the Kobe one though, that shit fucked me up, bro. Cause I wasn't even paying attention. I forgot what was on tele- on ABC at the time. I just remember I was I feel like it was soccer, but I can't remember. Was it I was gonna say was it was soccer? I was, big, like, I I was about to say soccer too. I was like, it's probably soccer, dog. It was either soccer or <laughs> football. I can't remember, bro. I think it was something. I think it might have been football soccer early in the morning or I, mean, I think because Chelsea was watching something and they cut into that too, so I don't remember what it was exactly. But, but it was yeah. kind of just going in the background. Like, I was just bullshitting on my phone. And then, and I cut in, and then all I heard was there's a helicopter crash. And I, like, I kind of, like, looked over and looked at the screen. And then, like, I was like, well, that's in California. What the fuck do I care? And then, like, all of a sudden, he said Kobe Bryant. And I put my phone down, and I look again. And then, because I just remember the reports, bro. I remember the reports being, like, like uh, originally it was, like, his whole family was with him. Yeah, and then there's like rumors that all his daughters and him were together, and just his wife wasn't with him. Yeah, and like Mm -hmm. that shit, bro. Like just all those different like rumors or like reports coming out, like that shit really fucked with me emotionally. Like like that, like my my emotions were already like I was already crying, right? Which was weird to me. I'm like, why am I crying about a guy that I hated most of my fucking life? But (laughs) bro. But again, but then, but that's just because I mean, looking back on it now, now it's like, well, that's because you had like an emotional attachment to that person, whether it was yeah. a positive or negative one, you still had an emotional negative, attachment yep. to that person. And now that that mm-hmm. person's gone, and let's be real, after he retired, my emotional attachment to him started changing from being a negative one to being like, oh, I actually really like this positive. guy. This guy's you cool. realize yeah. hate is the wrong word. It was it was an adversarial relationship. It was a rival relationship. It wasn't that you hated him; it's that you wanted to overcome him. And that and that and that can be that can be perceived as anger until you lose it. I think of Larry Bird realizing that Magic Johnson was diagnosed with HIV and how that destroyed him. This is supposed to be the person he was always supposed to conquer, but it was through honor. You didn't hate Kobe. You wanted to beat Kobe in the Western Conference playoffs. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was never hatred. It, either either my team or any other team. <laughs> or any other team. I right? hope he loses every exactly. game. Exactly. I hope you go 0 82, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> hope you don't have no points. 
some of a bitch. And that's what like all these different losses accumulate to when it comes to this infinite broad subject matter. Because I think of people you didn't know you were going to feel like that when you lose them. People you knew uh, when you saw the loss coming because they were battling an illness versus unexpectedly. How at the end of the day, I feel like the the wisdom to pull from all of this is to be okay with not being okay. That's number one. Right. Stop trying to be, I got this, or oh, nobody got time to cry, or any of that goofy shit. From Make our time. Generation. Fuck Let, that. You know, and we only had sprinkles of that in our generation. That was really the generation before ours who was really still stuck in those ways. There was, we were like, I remember when my mom died, my homies was like holding me as I was crying. Like it was not, and I was not embarrassed or ashamed. I was not in, there was, and I mean that there was no part of me that ever felt after that funeral, like, man, I wish I could just hold it together. There was no thought like that. It was, I'm okay to lose my shit. You know what I'm saying? The only problem was, is like, there was deep seated, like guilt that I talked about, like the whole not talking to her when she was dying or when she died. Um, You know, all kinds of unresolved issues that came with, you know, pretending like I was fine, but that's different than what I'm talking about. I, my, my people's was always there for me to be a shoulder to cry on. There was shit. I was not ready to deal with. And there's a difference between the two. No, it's actually, Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, it's actually kind of crazy though, that you brought this up. Cause like literally like yesterday I was talking to, but I mean, I don't care if we can keep his name in it or not, but Julius, Yesterday, he was talking to me because he's going through some shit from people from back home, right? He's from a bad neighborhood, and, like, he's lost, like, three people that he, like, like grew up, grew up with. And, like, one of them's, like, due to cancer. One's die- about to die from cancer. Like, two were just killed, you know, through the gun violence. And then it's just, like, and he was talking to me about, like I said, we we're just talking about the same thing. He was, like, you know, he was talking about there's a guilt factor of him leaving. Like, him not being there to be around that type, like, you know what I mean? Like, him leaving the neighborhood and just, like, like I should be there for them type shit. Especially the dude that has cancer or whatever. Like, I guess he's, like, trying to put together, like, this, like, kind of, they gave him a, a final date or an estimated life expectancy. And so he's trying to put together, like, a uh, like a reunion type thing. But he was tagged, but he said he tagged people that they actually, that, like that guy actually had like real beef with like girl, like back in the day like that and talking a while. But it's like, so it's like, you know what I mean? Like death, even when you're prepared for it can still make you change and do different things. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like my grandmother, like she battled cancer for months. And like, even when she stopped her treatment and we knew like she was going to die, like, you know what I mean? You try to prepare yourself for it, but you're never prepared. No, I mean, that's how my cousins and I were like, we always talked about it with my grandma. Like, we were like, we know, like, obviously, death is inevitable. It's going to happen. But it still doesn't change the fact that when it shows up, you're still like, 
knocked off your feet by it. Like, fuck. Like, you could be prepared as you think you are, and then the minute it happens, all that shit's out the window. Like, you just have to try to figure that shit out. And I think that was the thing for my dad. Like, he broke down to me, like, when she passed, like, that night, and he was like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Obviously, my cousins and I have experienced enough death between our parents and things like that, that, hey, we've been here before. And I first thing I told him, I told Brian this too when his mom passed. I said, dude, don't hold that shit in. Like, that's the only advice I ever give him. Don't, don't hold it in. Just let that shit out. Like, there's no, there's no right way to grieve. So if by you letting it out, no matter what you're doing, when it comes, whatever, just feel it. Because it's so easy to just try to bottle it up and move on and try to ignore it. And then it ends up hitting you at 3 a.m. when you're fucking scrolling on facebook or something you know right don't let like your pride get in the way of you like Facts. you know what i mean yes. like yeah like no one's gonna call you a bitch for crying over someone you cared about you know what i mean like no they will but it don't but fucking even, matter they, <laughs> bro if someone called me a bitch because i cried over my grandmother's death i'm fuck you i ain't never talking to you again bro exactly you you can go to hell in a handbasket like <laughs> that remind me of kevin hart being like i don't know what it means but somebody was, said it. I, at my mom's funeral my dad was like Hey man, get over it. She gone, and he threw the casket because he was mad. Why does that make me think of that shit? That's some some shit. Like I can see my dad doing, like trying to, like be like, all right, all right, that's enough. Like, like hold it together. You know what I'm saying? My dad tried that shit. (laughs) He he legitimately tried that that shit, shit, bro. So. I mean, I was, like I said, I wasn't dealing with my emotions, so I, I was actually, I held it pretty strong as fuck. I, I mean, I'm not, it's not well, nothing I'm bragging about. I'm just saying it's true. Like, I really held my shit together at my mom's funeral. Like, well, then, see, that's the thing is, like, I, I held like, mine together. Shit, right? You really handled that shit. I was okay. cool right after the fact. Like, I obviously had my little suicidal moment, went and sat in the tree and talked to my sister until she got there, dealt with that, and then I think, I want to say it was like a Thursday or something. So that weekend, my team had a basketball tournament that we were in and my mom always told me she was like just even when I died like go play right and I'm like I gotta stay busy so I'm gonna go play and (laughs) I told my dad I was like I don't I don't really want to go play like I'm just not feeling it any of that and he was like no man you you're fine just 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 you'll be all right go play and I looked at him I was like nigga don't talk to me went and had a good ass game and came back and was like you know what nah fuck all that don't talk like Oh, oh shit! It's I'm having flashbacks thinking about that shit. <laughs> he tried that shit so many times. No, oh, man, you'll be all right. Like, just, just don't worry about it. Just it, life goes on. Like, no, it fucking doesn't. And then that nigga felt the same way. <laughs> yeah, I remember one of the hardest things I had to deal with in facing those things I was pretending weren't affecting me was being honest about my anger towards my mom that was the one of the that was one of the hardest hurdles i had to leap over was the fact that i had to be able to admit that i was mad as fuck at her when she died and that's okay that's not like i didn't love my mama because i was mad at her when she died like you know what i'm saying there was some real shit that went down between me and my family and <laughs> And it's okay that I still had shit I was dealing with. And I I actually, no, not dealing with. I I had shit I wasn't dealing with. You know what I'm saying? I had a lot of shit I was not dealing with at all. 
for years. You got to think, when the fuck did, when the fuck did they fuck? How long ago was that shit? And we in 2014 and I'm, and then mom dies. And I think, and then I blame it on that shit. That wasn't that it was way before that shit happened, but I wasn't dealing with the shit that, you know what I'm saying? Let me tell you all about therapy real quick. Okay. Let me tell you about what they do. They make you realize that it started way before you thought whatever the fuck you thought you was mad about started. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're not mad about what you think you're mad about. Trust me, bro. Trust me. And when you face it, when you realize it, you're going to be like, holy fucking shit. That's why I did this then. Exactly. Yes, exactly. That's why you thought that was a good choice because you're living your life stuck in that moment that you have, that you don't even give credit for impacting your life. You don't even give it the credit it's due because it fucked you up. You know what I'm saying? You don't even give it the credit it's due because it fucked you up. You'd rather blame it on this and blame it on that. Blame it on this and blame it on that. Instead of dealing with what the fuck is actually going on with you. And that's all I was doing. For four and a half years, all I was doing was convincing myself what my problem was was what happened yesterday. And it had shit to do with what happened yesterday. It was five years ago, two years ago, three years ago, all the shit that happened that I acted like wasn't a big deal. It was the biggest deal. It's the foundation of who I am as a man. It was the foundation of every choice I ever made. I made decisions based on the reality that I lived in. And the reality I lived in were those moments that I just pretended that didn't happen, yet I was dwelling in. You know what I mean? And so it took a lot of hard work to realize like, hey man, it's okay. Yes, I was mad as fuck at my mom. Like, I was mad as fuck. She betrayed me, straight up. No bullshit, that's what happened. It was betrayal. Like, I was mad. I forgave her. Yes, my forgiveness has to come after her death. Yes, there is a lot of guilt because my forgiveness may be coming because of her death that I don't want to accept because I feel like it's jaded now. I don't want to forgive you. Then I feel guilty because now I want to forgive you just because I want to forgive you. Not because you died, because now it's cheap. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't want to do you like that. It's not even coming from a place of like, I'm pretending like it ain't a big deal. No, I want to forgive you. I know I should forgive you. I know I should forgive you. So I want to forgive you in in a real way, not just because you dead. You know what I'm saying? And there was a lot of guilt and resentment. And then I was mad because she died. She didn't give me a chance to forgive her in a real way. She never apologized. Never admitted she did what the fuck she did. And and that was all rage and shit I was refusing to deal with because you ain't supposed to be mad at the mama who just died, right? Or at least that's what they tell you. That's what they tell you. That's what they I tell you, which they should I never tell you. Don't speak ill of the dead. Dead. No, that's when you should do it the most. I feel like funerals should be two parts. Let's the first <laughs> hour we trashing this nigga. I'm dog walking this nigga. Let me tell the you first hour. about Tell me that him. in a glorious funeral. The first hour, your baby, mo- your first baby mama come up. The nigga you owe three hundred dollars to. Everybody come up and just trash your ass for the first no, hour, and then the next that. hour they love your ass. That's real healing to me. If that if funerals were like that, I might not have fucking started the booger sugar. They better not. Do that at my funeral if I die. I so, might, I might request that that be done at my funeral. You better for not, real. Chelsea, babe, babe. 
fucking celebration. Nope. <laughs> Not with these two niggas. Uh-uh. <laughs> Don't do that. Lord Jesus, nope. Get to cooking, man. Me and Chris gonna have a roast session on your ass, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Welcome to the roast of AJ. <laughs> Fuck that nigga in the casket. Uh, welcome. This nigga used to... <laughs> <laughs> This bitch ass nigga. No, but like like you were saying in the beginning of this, like I've really it's been on my mind so much because yesterday was the six months since my grandma's passed and my dad was, you know, two months after that, and it's like and then we just had a friend who passed, and obviously Edwin and Pablo and death is getting closer and closer. And it's like every night I go to bed and I think, like, if I don't wake up, like, did I do enough with the kids for them to to think, damn, he loved me? Did yeah. I do enough of my friends to think, damn, like, he loved me? Like, it's been fucking with me. I'm like, man, I, there's not enough hours in the day. Like, I don't be, uh, there's been a couple nights I'm not going to sleep yet. Hold on. Let's watch one more show. Like, just on the off chance, like, one of us don't wake up. I like, need that's to just make sure feeling. we make enough memories. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. The last year. Damn. And now it's to the point where it's like, I don't, I used to be like, oh, no, we got to save our money and do this. Fuck that. I, I, I get now why my mom started living the way that she did where she would be like, fuck it. Let's do it this weekend. Why not? Like money. You can't take the money with you. Like, sure. It's great to leave money for somebody, but at the same time, I know when she died, I didn't want that fucking money. That was blood money. I didn't want that at all. You could burn that shit. I'm good. Cause I would have much rather switched it and had her fuck the money. So like that, that's where I'm at now. It's like, fuck it. The kids want to go to the beach. All right, cool. Let's go. Like, y'all want to try to go to Disneyland? All right, cool. Let's plan it. Like, live your life, man. You only get one go to the fullest, bro. Like, I like if you're, Lord, I don't know where I'm. I don't know where I'm at in all this because, like I said, I had a like. Listen, Pod. Listen, your boy didn't have Pod Fam. Your boy didn't had a rough read. Um, you know, I really hope y'all love this podcast and support it. Cause I'd love to not have to work. <laughs> Give us five dollars. <laughs> Listen, ask for a cash app. Send it. We'll put it in the pot, and we'll do something. Hey, if y'all want to just give your boy a Tessie, we could. I'll just drive for DoorDash and call it Gucci. Cause this whole having a boss. You get free. You get free food. He'll take other people's food and bring it to you. <laughs> like they be doing <laughs> me every time I order a bomb ass pizza for some reason with like a dope array of toppings, real unique. It never makes it to me, but that's another episode for another time. Uh, I know Chris can go off on that episode. Uh, (laughs) Shit. So, uh, I just, I, man, I, my boy has been going through it. AJ, a lot of death right in his face. Uh, Yep. Chris, we didn't lost two motherfuckers you was cool with from high school. Fucking the happiest people I know too, bro. Ain't that crazy? That's the Ain't shit. Ain't that shit wild? wild? That's the craziest thing, like, bro. Edwin, I don't think I don't think I have ever seen Edwin mad in my entire life, bro. He got mad if you called him Mexican. Oh yeah, yeah, because he's El Salvadorian. I forgot mm, about that. That's when he got mad. That, he, that or you made fun of the Hummer. That was the only time, bro. <laughs> Bro, I remember at Red Sunset leaving hoop. We're done hooping for the day. We we're leaving, and his black H. Didn't he have an H two or something? Huh? Didn't he have an H two? He had an H three. 
Oh yeah, that's what yeah. it was. <laughs> so he had the little one, right? So the H three sitting there, right? And it's all black, baby. And then right as he as oh, we turn no, to leave, not bro. The H3. <laughs> as we're leaving, bro, and H two pulls in. I go, hey Edwin, that's a real Hummer right there. And he's like, yeah, I know, that's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> I'm going to leave he's now. He's like, shit. You got a it's gotta, he's like, why is it got to stop right next to mine? <laughs> it reminds me of like the uh, Cat Williams stand-up where he was talking about he's in a... Where he's in Phantom. a... Phantom. He was in a Chrysler 300, <laughs> yeah, but it looked like a Phantom. Phantom. Yeah. <laughs> and a it's real a Phantom, Phantom pull-up. Phantom pull-up. Badass. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. My shit be cracking I up. just... I mean, man. I just, you know... You know what the message of this episode is. What do you do with death? You live. That's all you can do. That's all you need to do. That's all those people want you to do. You got to live, but you also got to grieve, bro. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much. Hey, that corny ass shit. Hey, y'all be (laughs) mad at the pumpkin spice latte females with the Ugg boots. But guess how simple it is. Live, laugh, love.